So maybe a, a few more words or kind of a review on uh, around mind states, emotions, qualities of mind, as we have a full day of practice uh, here today, beautiful day of practice, very precious. Um, in a way we could think more precious than the other ones because they're building on each other. Uh, and, um, you know, so we've, um, in a way, worked hard at gathering uh, the mind, you know, and of course it's not exactly like this, or it might feel like this for you, or a deepening like this, but often it's uneven. There's things that happen either in the mind or the environment that, whoops, suddenly uh, there's a trigger, inner or outer trigger, and, and we lose uh, the ground of mindfulness or the, the balance of mind. Uh, but still, over the days here, we're definitely cultivating uh, qualities that are uh, precious. So today is a really a precious day of practice. And by the way, uh, it's always at a point like this in the retreat where we say a few words about the secret of practice. <laughs> <laughs> They're not ready? (laughs) The secret of practice is an open secret. If you've come to another retreat, you'd already know the secret, or you're like, oh my God, impermanence being what it is, I forgot. (laughs) The secret. The secret. So in case you didn't read the book, The Secret. (laughs) No, it's slightly different. We're not saying, you know... If you want anything, you can get it. And if you're not getting it, it's your fault. (laughs) No, no, the secret of practice here uh, uh, is continuity. Uh, So it's the right uh, effort. I think uh, Jill will talk more about this this afternoon, but uh, this morning, just a few words on continuity. so we could say, for example, there's a block of practice this morning. You know, we could divide it in this way. It's arbitrary, but it could be a useful skill, a useful way to think about it. So we have a whole morning of practice. Could we make the mindfulness seamless, or as seamless as possible? One kind of practice that is really hard is a kind of stop-and-go practice. So... I try a little bit the instruction, then I go in my habits of mind, you know, and then I try again. It's really, really hard because we have to launch a rocket every time, you know, it takes a lot of energy. And so the best, most economical way to go about cultivation here is to keep at it, not... uh, uh, you know, not uh, abandoning, not forcing. How did I cross the flood of thoughts and emotions? I crossed the flood, this is the Buddha speaking, without forcing, without abandoning. Forcing, I would get exhausted, be carried away. Uh, Abandoning, I would be carried away too. So, proceeding moment 
by moment, starting over again every time we uh, lost ground, no judgment, just factual, oh, lust. What can be known in this moment? Body, first foundation, really, really clever to have put it first, because <laughs> tangible, you know, if you're confused, having doubt, what should I attend to, there's so many objects and aspects of reality, body, something, when I say body, I mean senses, maybe, sensory awareness, what can be known now, the Buddha and the few moments maybe before his enlightenment is um, visited by strong mind states, toxic, afflictive mind states, doubt. Will I ever find the end of these thoughts and struggles and you know and and what does he do? He touches the ground. Not there. There, that's right after. <laughs> Just before he touches the ground come back to something really, really uh, tangible, immediate. Will I succeed? Am I worth something? How do I compare to others? All like so, you know, speculative. What is really happening? Birds are singing. Breath is happening. You know, coming back to something very, very real, immediate, that can be known directly. Yeah. No doubt around this. There's really pressure on the butt. Yeah. And so coming back to this, and in terms of mind states, emotions, especially if there's a strong mind state, maybe the second foundation, oh, unpleasant. It's very kind of a wider view, do you see? Like, oh, what am I going to do in this situation in my life? Oh, right now here, unpleasant, unpleasant. So we're invited to lose the fascination for the story that is told in strong emotions. Huh? I did that, they did that, if I had done that, you know, whatever it is, you know. A lot of projection, a lot of thoughts. And in practice, we want to actually, if possible, recognize that there's a fascination and drop it for a moment and discover the state of this being, the state of this body here now. So it's very, you know, it's very kind of a stripping down. So we lose the fascination for the storyline and we come here and it takes courage because it seems like everything is telling us, let's go right back in there to fix it, so I don't feel that, you know. And so coming here to feel this. And there's many ways that we can do this. You know, I can spend a lot of time uh, maybe thinking about the retreat, how to improve the retreat, you know. And it might seem really worthwhile, but it might actually partly be a little device to not feel, you know. And so in this same way I can drop the story because I'm here to do inner work, you know, and just come back here, what's felt here. And it might be that it's unpleasant here, you know. 
and can we allow unpleasantness to be known at least for a few seconds <sighs> unpleasant greatly unpleasant oh contracting tearing hollow hard numb you know uh, and so the emotion is made of sensations huh? so becoming aware of this there's a feeling tone in the emotion the mood there's a there's a felt sense in the body there might be a tonality texture flavor in the mind Almost like, uh, you know, how, how in the movies they'll put music to tell us the mood. I don't know, I'm not a musician, but, you know, you understand, oh, it's dangerous, you know. And they'll, you know, and so here we can become aware of this. Maybe there's a kind of a tonality. It's not the music, it's not like this, but there's a, there's a tone in the mind, you know. And so we might become aware of this. We've mentioned, I've mentioned this in one group because I think, anyway, for me it's been extremely, extremely uh, helpful um, when I'm thinking obsessively So one of the ways that uh, I go about this these days that seems useful a lot of the time, uh, and that's what you know the practice is meant to to do, maybe to go at the core of uh, you know what we call dukkha, the existential predicament of being a human being. But if I'm thinking obsessively about something, sometimes I'll just ask a few questions of really core basic things about the nature of reality Pascal is there unknown that you're uncomfortable with you know uncertainty that you're trying to fix cover avoid do you see what I mean and I, oh it's uncertain I'm overthinking because actually there's an experience of uncertainty I do not know what's going to happen that's why there's this intention to produce a lot of thoughts to prevent uncertainty. And sometimes it's very, um, I don't know if the words are good in English here, that's the right word, but appeasing, bringing peace, that's what I mean by that. To Some peace to the mind, oh, I actually do not know. That's at the core of human experience. Humans don't know what's coming. It's highlighted for me, and I don't want it. You know. Could I actually relax into this? And it might be also related to powerlessness. Really hard to feel. I'll overthink, that's for me. I'll overthink if there is powerlessness, because I don't want to experience it. And if I can ask the question, Pascal, is there powerlessness here? And can it be okay just now that there is powerless or feeling or an experience? 
can it be okay? And then maybe I can contact this, that's very delicate, huh? powerlessness. I can't do anything about this right now. I don't have the you know, control over the situation, or, and it could be worldly, situationally, relationally, moodly. Oh, this is how it is right now. I don't have the power to change this. So we're entering, you know, the realm of grief here, you know, grief. I'm grieving the disappearance of uh, capacity to do something, you know, the capacity to know what's coming. That's extremely tender. And in the teaching, the Buddha talks about an unconditional freedom that doesn't even depend that I would know what's going to happen or that I could actually have power over it. That is really, really going far, no? Unconditional freedom. It might not go my way, but apparently... Is it the right word here, or expression? There's a well-being that is possible in the middle of not having power over something. Disease, aging, sexism, racism, ableism, homophobia, transphobia, (coughs) body shaming, so many things and so in this practice here of a retreat of silence we're invited to go and touch these uh, however they're sure we don't have to call them out you know they'll they'll appear in the practice and we're working at it internally it's extremely important to work at all these things externally both externally and internally. Here, the main focus of the retreat, why we gather in silence, is to do the inner work. How do I meet this inwardly? How do I accompany myself? Uh, In the world that I don't control. Equanimity is not... Uh, born of wish or will. Oh, let me be equanimous now. It's born of a capacity for the heart to meet the uncontrollable, to meet the uncertain. So we're definitely going above and beyond, you know, psychology or You know, like we're really, that's what maybe is called spiritual. That's uh, what is called maybe heroic. You know, we're going beyond wanting things to be as I want them to be. You know, like having things the way I want them to be. We're going a little beyond that. So, very, very delicate. That's why we slow down. That's why we pay attention. 
because we want to learn how to meet meet in a healthy way these things that are happening now or will show up later, you know, when things will fall apart in some way, or what is precious will vanish, or what is unwanted will happen. Because chances are, it's going to happen because it in the na- it's in the nature of reality. I was reading uh, also lately uh, the book Mindfulness by Joseph Goldstein, and I've practiced, uh, spent a certain amount of time with Joseph and. There's something in the book that he keeps repeating that I've never heard him repeat that is extremely intriguing for me. Like I would even say confronting, triggering, intriguing. And I think a few times in the book he comes back with this, uh, you know, um, how does he say it? I wrote it here. My reaction, I'll put it in this, these words, my reaction is my choice. I might not have a choice over what's happening, but my reaction is my choice. And so, that's a tricky word to use here, choice, because I could think like, oh, I could ju- I'm could. i going to have a good reaction now. It doesn't work exactly like this. I think he's pointing to the potential. You know, oh, I'm going to attempt to my reaction here. Really, how am I holding this? That's the, you could say, the center of practice, the essence of practice. What is the essence of practice? The relationship to. It's not what's happening, it's the relationship to. That's where there is possibility here, power. So you know when reporting to the teacher... That's what I've learned in the practice. I could report beautiful states of mind or afflictive states of mind. The teacher, in a way, didn't care so much about the what. They cared about the how. So, oh, you're all light and full of light and, and uh, you know, feel light in the body almost as you're going to levitate. How are you with this? Are you clinging to this? Are you appropriating this? This is the how. The fact that you're levitating, I don't care about. I care about how the mind is holding it. Because that's where suffering happens. Oh, you know, you're sick. How are you holding it? Oh, there's agitation in your mind. I don't mind. How are you holding it? Are you adding another arrow, judging? Are you, uh, is it becoming a portal for care, for equanimity? Oh, mind very agitated today. Strong reaction, strong reaction. Are you making it personal? Are you studying it with great care? So how, how? And it's going to be messy. You know, I'm saying all this with my slow tone and having impact with every word, and then we get into it, and it's a big mess. You know, and it's a 
tempest, you know, sometimes, you know, and we're like, oh my God, when he was explaining it, it was so like... (laughs) (laughs) And here I am, you know, pushed right and left, you know, by the mind. I'm going to return, I'm going to finish with this return to this point that seems extremely interesting to me. So if there is an afflictive emotion, a toxic emotion, a, um, an, um, a, a difficult emotion, an oppressive, an entangling emotion, uh, there has to be three, let's, for research, let's check it out. There has to be three things coming together. There has to be the potential for this in the mind. So there has to be the confusion, you know, for this to arise. There has to be the potential in the mind. There has to be the, the object, the situation. It's either something seen, heard, thought, you know, that will trigger this. But first there has to be the latent, dormant tendency in the mind. Then there's the thing see. It's it's only through six doors. It's either going to be seen. You're going to see somebody, do something, hear somebody, say something, or not say something. You know. Or you're going to taste something. Or you know, or it's going to be an image that's going to come. Oh my God! You know. And so there's the latent tendency in the mind. There's the turning point, the object. And there is the lack of attention. That's what we're developing here, the way to actually meet. And so in, in some case, the three things are internal. It's, a, my, it's an image that came from the mind that triggered that tendency. Do you follow me? And the lack of attention makes that I will be... Uh, you know, promoting, entertaining, cultivating whatever it is, worry or resentment. So the three are internal. That talks about freedom. Because if it's internal, there's something to do about it. If it comes from the outside, something seen or heard outside, still there's two of the points that come from the inside. I'm saying this because for me, it's extremely interesting. Wow, two of the three things comes from the inside. Not to blame or guilt. That's not the practice. We're not in the kind of a logic of the self here. We're studying human nature. Two of the things are from the inside. So let's attend to this. And one is maybe immediately applicable, the quality attention that we're defining here And so, let's see what can be done with this here, internally. And so again, losing the fascination for the story, and coming back to here, what could be the best quality of attention I could bring here that could help dismantle what's happening with this emotion?
if there is really, really strong emotions, overwhelming, it's really good to refresh the mind. Exposing ourselves, if there is some sensitivity to it left, exposing ourselves to beauty, to space, to nature, to freshness. You know, hang out with the river, hang out with the trees, hang out with the breeze. You know, because it's hard to be with the difficult emotion. And if you're not having any difficult emotions, don't look for them. <laughs> because you might hear all this and say, okay, I have to, you know, you know, find it. You know, don't. Life is generous. It'll come. <laughs> and may it not, but... And so allow yourself to not be just in this, if it's possible, to get out and contact beauty through the senses. Inwardly, metta. And maybe you connected with some of the practices we've done in the evening. You know, wishing well. So bringing some balm, some soothing energy in the mind. Reflecting on gratitude. You know, what do I appreciate? There's all this shit going on. Is there something I can be grateful for just to get give respite to the heart? You know, getting, uh, you know, uh, ener- losing energy with the strong emotion. Okay, let's try it a little bit. Something that I've uh, discovered in practice that uh, was unexpected for me. I could not have conceived it before. It would not have made sense. But something that I get to experience sometimes is there might be uh, difficult mind states. And, uh, and such a compassionate capacity to meet them or such, uh, you know, the qualities of mindfulness, uh, such quietness and balance or calm, that actually there can be both at the same time, you know, I don't know, it could be anxiety and (coughs) well-being. Where I could say to one person, when they say, how are you? I could say, anxious. And I could at the same time, if they say, how are you? I could say, really well. So letting go of the idea that it shouldn't be there. Allowing what is there to be known caringly, carefully. Something to be developed, cultivated.
way to develop or go about it could be if there is something it might be unpleasantness at the sense uh, doors, windows unpleasantness in the body to ask can this be okay just for now can this be known just as it is if there is unpleasantness in the heart discomfort this ease, unease maybe just naming, recognizing not easy could this be okay could this be allowed to be just as it is right now Could this be known just as it is? And if if there happens to be space or ease or beauty or well-being, quietness, contentment, rapture in the mind, heart and body in the same way can this be allowed, can this be known just as it is field of consciousness is wide, is vast. It can contain anything, butterflies, armies, rain clouds, breeze, or nothing.
what is the quality of the mind of the meditator at this point. No judgment, just factual. Oh, lust, caught, attentive, quiet, receptive, sad, discouraged, contented. Sometimes as we ask the question, uh, right away something's changing, something is abandoned, something is uh, awakened. We have a couple of um, minutes here if there is or are questions about uh, the practice at this point. What's the first you, you mentioned? An uncertainty. I mean, it's all in the same vicinity, yeah. But there could be the lack of control or powerlessness, uncertainty. Yeah, that's what I think right now. Yeah, some something about uncertainty or, or powerlessness, unresolved. You know, it could take that form, like. Oh, can I be okay with unresolved for a moment? You know, I'm overthinking about this. You know, I don't want this to be unresolved, but right now it is. You know, can it be okay that it's unresolved? And all this to actually, you know, bring uh, helpful, healthy qualities in the mind, huh? because often in the obsessive mind, the thinking is not done by really good qualities. Huh? So the outcome is probably not going to be that wise. Huh? If agitation is making the thinking, reactivity, fear, worry, uh, they're not going to come with really creative uh, solutions here, new views. You know. And so if the system can calm down, oh, this is unresolved. It's uncertain if it's going to be resolved or how. You know. And then there could be something that comes in that is much quieter, and in there, a new view can arise, you know, 
oh, there's this angle. You know, I couldn't see it in the panic or in the obsession. So I've noticed for myself, you know, if, uh, if in the thinking process I can't actually stop to feel the breath or hear the sounds, it's probably not that good. <laughs> you know, if it's like, yeah, but I have to tell the whole story, it's like, oh. <laughs> it seems important, but, uh, and sometimes I let it, you know, okay, tell the story a few times, <laughs> you know, in this way, and almost like if, you know, unroll the toilet paper, and when, you, you know, <laughs> it's unrolled, <laughs> we'll be able to maybe just feel what's here, you know, feel what's here. There's a question. Yes, sorry. Could you speak a little bit about uh, mm. spiritual bypassing in relation to what you just said? Yeah, mm. important question. So spiritual bypassing, uh, and there's a lot of this around, and here we're trying uh, to not do this, but uh, spiritual bypassing would be, um, you know, kind of in spiritual milieus, for example, like, we're all one, it's all good, I feel great, you know, it's all, you know, and, and an avoidance of what's uh, painful, you know. So I'm saying this just in a few words, you know, spiritual bypassing. So somebody would, for example, understand kind of the, some of the concept of the spiritual culture and use them to actually not feel, you know, mm-hmm. And, uh, and in retreat, sometimes we see this with people who have, uh, you know, this, this particular ways that it can, it can come, but uh, I s- I've seen it from experience with um, kind of non-dual uh, thinking, you know, like uh, it's, it's all one, it's, it's ha- or you could use selfless, uh, you know, s- it ha- it's happening to no one, or, and there's actually a disconnection, huh? it's a dissociation. And I've talked to somebody, uh, I mean, uh, a few examples comes to mind, but uh, I, I think of one person who said, oh my God, you know, when this person heard about spiritual bypassing, she said, oh my God, that's a good 12 years of my life, you know. <laughs> of, uh, you know. And I remember, I'll give you a few other examples, I remember uh, doing it um, part of a mindfulness training for yoga teachers. And... Uh, and uh, these seem to be pe- people who had taken just, you know, like the kind of 200-hour yoga teacher class. And now they had been teaching for a couple of years or a year. And um, I hope it's okay to say this. I, I mean, it's from my perception from experience. But a lot of the, the people in this group, I felt my job was to actually... Uh, teach them to not do spiritual bypass because they felt as a yoga teacher that they had to be up and offer, you know, and create a space of, you know, where it's fun to be in or well to be in and, and you know, and they were like, I'm going through a breakup and I have nine classes this week and, uh, you know, and, and they were a mess and they could actually, could not make space for it because they had learned to actually perform spiritual well-being, you know. <laughs> and that was extremely detrimental, I think, to them and to, like, I would think, like, what is it? if a student comes and they're fragile because of what they're going through in their life and they're like, okay, today, you know, that's pretty oppressive and uh, deluded, you know. And so my, I thought, you know, partly what I 
uh, I'm called to do as a mindfulness teacher and to say, hey, there's all kinds of things visiting the heart and mind. You know, can you make this space for this in your own experience, in your own heart? And then maybe create a safe space where actually people can come and they might not be up that day, you know, and it can be totally okay, you know. And so attending to, um, to this. And I've heard, you know, in the Buddhist practice, you know, the, the, I remember talking to somebody who said, oh my God, like I've spent, like I used the form of silence, of sitting like this, to just keep implementing, bypassing, and the taboo of being a mess, you know. So I would sit there and just be quiet, and move quietly, and it was a mess in there, you know. But I, I was pushing loving kindness, you know. <laughs> and so the danger is high, you know. And so here we want to be real, you know, and learn skills to actually attend. And hopefully that's what I was doing exactly this morning, saying, you might feel like shit, you know, because of something that happened outside, or because of how now do we attend to it, you know, not pretend it's not there. How do we resource by connecting with beauty and learn to attend to it? So I don't know if it's helpful, but uh, that's what we're trying to do here, not bypass. You know. It's not easy. In, in terms of um, what you're saying, you use the word dissociating. Um, and I uh, heard you both talking about uh, you know, there is anger happening, you know, as opposed to I'm, I'm an angry person. You know, Try not to yeah. make that a total identification. Yeah. Um, but if I feel angry, yeah. for example, how, how, somehow to say there's anger happening feels like a dissociation yeah. uh-huh. in a way that uh, concerns me, like it's yeah. like getting too separate from my experience. Uh-huh. Yeah, so, so if the language doesn't work for you, and so this is practice, and huh? practice Mindfulness is not just knowing and experiencing things with a kind of like, I really experienced the walking, I really experienced the dissociating that you're inviting me to do. (laughs) 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 Like mindfulness is not just touching things. It requires intelligence. You know, like we're actually being attentive to know better what is good for us or not. You know, So if that language elicits this in you, then there's a intelligence that is a, you know that can recognize oh doesn't feel right you know so then you would have to maybe drop it or mention it like you do now you know uh, the way I understand it is to me is a, and the way I think it's been important from uh, my teachers is a way to actually get closer you know to get inside the, what do I call anger if I'm angry it's it, what is anger? Anger, strong contraction in the chest, or tearing in the chest, jaw like this, a m- mood that is inside that, you know, is a, a kind of a boiling or a hardness. And the, how's the, the mind? The mind is like, you know, aggressive and no nuances, you know, like, so for me, it's a, it's a I see mindfulness, this of going really in. And sometimes we talk about like a kind of perspective. I, I relate to the imagery. It makes sense to me. But in experience, for me, it's uh, intimacy going closer 
to to something, and that language for me helps, you know. So one would have to find their way into it, and it might be that, you know, it's like, I hear you. I'm going to put this aside. This other thing you say is useful for me, and right now I need to be angry because I've put it, you know, I by- bypassed it for several con- reasons, and now I need to own it, you know, and put a big eye in the middle of it, you know. And then if you do this, maybe later you'll be like, okay, so now I've owned it in this way, and I could see that I can see it's something that arises and passes, and I keep remaining. So is it exactly me, you know? So there might be like the timing also of things. So not everything is useful all the time for everybody. It is just much more complex than this. Um, and I'm aware of time. And uh, there, there are group meetings, so I hope this is helpful a bit. So we're inviting here, like in the general statement, I could say is to be intelligent. <laughs> and I've are, you know, no, because you could come in a spiritual milieu where it's a system of belief, you know. And here it's not meant to be that. So, but it's tricky because, you know, like there's somebody in front, you know, saying something. 40 people are looking at two people, so you would think what they say is real, you know, <laughs> or has more power. But we're invited, the Buddha was saying this 2,600 years ago, do not believe anything that is said here. Check it out. Check it out and feel. And you'll say, oh, dissociation, not good. So that's not for me, this language right now, you know. So, okay, so in a way very empowering, it's meant to be. It's, I see it as a practice of independence, that's why I'm still here, you know, because it seems like the Buddha saying, I'm going to show you a few ways that you'll know for yourself what people are saying, if it's shit, <laughs> or if it's useful. You'll know from the inside, because you won't go just from preconceived, that, no, but it's not true, like that's not what I've been told, check it out. You know, how? <coughs> this creates dissociation. Not good. Okay? So, walking practice for many of us. Um, see today how you can make this uh, um, practice of walking be uh, rich for you as a field of investigation. You know, this form, very simple form, walking back and forth a few paces and let's see what's revealed in that exact form you know, and how we can attend to it. For some of us it takes the form of a meeting uh, in small groups. Okay, mm-hmm. Have a good day. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.